What a week indeed. Rodgers versus Brady. Mahomes keeps going off, and me and Sims Mahomes are here. Mahomes versus Mayfields. Whoa. And we're here talking about how we wish you lived on the West Coast just because then Sunday night football will be done at 8 o'clock. Oh, I mean, can you imagine that? Like getting done with the football day and then going, hey, let's watch a, let's watch a movie, honey, or whatever. I, I, though, for some reason, when the Sunday night football is over and I look over and my girlfriend's falling asleep on the couch, yeah. I feel like I've accomplished something. Ugh. I'm like, watched every snap did my job <laughs> like i feel like i did something when really i just sat there and went god does rogers have to do everything by himself yeah i know uh, meanwhile meanwhile speaking of sunday night football hello you come on television Ooh. oh aaron Rodgers. number of questions yes people on twitter were going i can't believe he did this this is nuts did you tell anyone in advance that you were going to do that? Kind of. I did say it while we were watching the game. I was like, I'm singing tonight. Just help you know. I'm singing. And then what do they say? I mean, They're like, oh, hey, Chris, he really does say a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes, they did. They just kind of laughed at it. And uh, this is something I would tell to everybody out there right. in my life, too. Yeah. If you're always the, the crazy class clown guy. Yeah. People kind of go, huh, they let you slide with stuff like yeah, that. I don't know if they were totally happy with me yet <laughs> because like. You know, it's like uh, I'm still new to that show. Yeah. And uh, not everybody understands me or anything yet. So I think that's where they're like, you know, learn to gain their trust first. Then you can start to break that out. Is that what they said? Kind of, yes. The funniest thing about doing television is the dozens of people that will never be on camera that stand around. So it's people doing the cameras and people doing the lights. Oh. You started going, oh, Aaron Rodgers. Did you feel like a, a lot of newly gained eyes like look up at you? Uh, yeah, th- that crew there, I they know me enough, the camera guys, and I've seen them even through the years when I was at CBS, and yeah. some of them were carryovers. So they they know, you know, and me and my loud comments at times and making things that are. You know, not always politically correct and things like that. They laugh, whatever. Uh, one note for everybody out there: the fuck the play up. We're getting a bunch sent right now. That any other funny random football stuff, any long form stuff. Sometimes you guys will DM us like seven like long DMs in a row. Use SimpsonLefko at gmail.com. Uh, Fendrick has been kind of going through that and just using it as a place for you guys to communicate with us. Uh, we even had a guy send his paper about why Baker Mayfield is different than Johnny Manziel. Um, and apparently our clip with Sean McVay made German television. Ooh. So it's like what I'm saying with German subtitles. I, I've always pictured you as a German. Ooh, you sexy role player, you. Now, that is sexy. <laughs> But there's something hot right now. Is there? There's something steamy. So hot. There's something magical. What the hell are you talking about? Nick, thank you. There is a spirit growing inside of this very room. Can you feel it right now? I don't. You should. (laughs) Week six. Four and one. (sighs) Week seven. (laughs) Five and zero. Week eight, five and zero. Week nine, five and zero. Chris Sims is on a heater. And fuego. Chris Sims, you are fifteen and zero the last three weeks and guaranteed to lose. Thank you. You are nineteen and one in the last four. Ooh, wish I'd been parlaying myself, dumb idiot. And I have something from you. For now on. I don't know if you're ready. Is it under there or is it the t-shirt? To harness the power 
You are the oh. true oracle. Oh, the oracle. Christopher sees. <laughs> now you have earned the right to your own crystal ball. Use it how you feel fit. I see. I see the future. What do you see? What do you see, Oracle? Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl again. Damn. Wait, for real, though? No, no, no. <laughs> and there it is, everybody. Oh, man. The crystal ball. Thank you very much. Yeah, Josh got it. My GTLs and, uh, damn, I guess some of my bets have been pretty good lately, too. Huh? Let's just say that people have been money lining your bets and making hundreds of dollars on you. Damn. So the one thing that you should listen to in our betting show that comes out on Friday... All the way at the end. Might as well listen to the whole show. Guaranteed to lose. Five teams that Sims guarantees will lose. And for the last three weeks, you've been perfect. Been on fire. That was a ballsy one, picking Packers and New England. But not really. Not really. You know, people, that's what I mean. you got to get over the quarterback thing. You're 100% the last three. You're 95% the last four. Bam. And your bets have been great, too. I've been pretty good. What did I, did I? Did I push my lead up a little bit? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Yeah, but your picks have been absurd. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, That I ball's feel, heavy, right? It is heavy. I feel like um, I got a pretty good feel for the NFL right now. Not that you never really have a total feel. Nope. And it's a crazy league and ball, and it bounces a lot but of like, ways. But like Saints-Rams, which we'll get to in a little bit, yeah. when you argued with me, boy, were you correct. And I'd like to apologize to Sean Payton. Uh, I blacked out. Apparently, I said Sean Payton's going to look across the sideline and go, oh, Sean McVay, you're the better coach. I was wrong, and I am sorry. And I didn't mean that. Uh, uh, seriously, Sean Payton was looking across the other side like, you, you fucking think you're better than Stop me? Stop stealing my shit. Right. All right, but the one thing I want to do is I want to get back to basics. Okay. And I think at the Sims and Lefko podcast, a lot of things have been happening in the NFL universe that we have talked about for a long time. So let's go back to amendment. One, Aaron Rodgers is the, the greatest, greatest quarterback, quarterback we've, we've ever seen. seen. Your texts on Sunday night, yeah, were pure sadness. Well, I, I was I go through mixed emotions watching that game. I've went through three three to four years of actually hoping they lose games like that, so we can move on from Mike McCarthy and maybe Aaron could get a offensive mind like a Josh McDaniels or a Sean Payton or McVeigh or Shanahan, whoever one of those type of guys. But at the same time. Man, I just love when they're playing, and especially when they get into the playoffs and watching him in big moments. I mean, he's the most fun player to watch in football for me. So, yes. And I could see the storylines happening before the game was over, and that's when I started to text you because I started texting you storylines, and you're like, no one is saying this. And yeah, you were saying that Brady outdueled Rodgers. Like, that's what you thought people were going to say. Yeah. And I was like, no one could write that. And then you log on to ESPN.com this morning, and the first thing is Brady outduels Rodgers. Right. And what you said is the Packers did things the Patriots would never do. Right. They would never have that Aaron Jones fumble during a critical drive in which you're trying to take the lead. They would never rough the punter and do something dumb like that. Right. You know. Have, I mean, have uh, somebody kicked out of the football game, call a timeout in the third quarter on first and 10 when you're on your own five-yard line. Oh, my gosh. If you got to delay a game, it would have been first and 12 and a half. I mean, the two and a half yards is worth the timeout. That's just dumb shit. I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah, New England doesn't do that crap. And then I furthered along my anger with you to go, you know, why is it that New England is the team 
that plays in these type of games and acts like they're the underdog. Like they haven't been to the Super Bowl 18 years straight, right? They're the ones that call the flea flicker in the first half. They're the ones that call the Edelman pass back to James White. And there's, you know, I mean, they don't have the ego to go, oh, our stuff's good enough. They, they try to give themselves an advantage at all times. I thought about that last night when you texted it. And yeah. I thought, you know, the teams that really unleash the wagon right now, and yeah. I don't even know that's a real phrase. No, I think it is. Andy Reid yeah. will dial up a trick play. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton will dial up a trick Ran play. Ran a flea flicker yesterday. Yes. Sean McVay has shown that he's yeah. willing to take chances, but I don't even think his – a lot of his trick plays come on special teams. Yes, like exactly he's trying right. To do. That's where he does it. You're right. Because I would almost say that his offense is complicated enough where Ron Rivera will dial up a good fake. Yeah. It's almost like Mike Tomlin, I feel like, will allow his team to do some crazy stuff. It's like once you have the clout – then you can be a little bit more creative when really it should be the younger coaches that are trying to make their way that are should be willing to take the risks. Exactly right. It's the team. It's, like I watch Vance Joseph and I go, can I get a risk? Right. Ever. Take a chance. Do, do something. Come up with something. You know, and, 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 and it's not about coming up with something the week you're playing. This is where the greatness of these guys is, right? With a Sean Payton or a McDaniels. Or a McVeigh, even though he does it with the special teams, like yeah. you said, which is totally correct. Which is a lot to Fossil's credit. It, he's it, their special teams coordinator, and he's done it forever. Forever. But it's not like they go into the game that week and they're like, this is the week we're calling it. They always practice it's these It's part plays. of their play. It's part of them every week where they go and go, hey, let's run that trick play. And they run it, a few, they run it twice a week before they finally call it in a game they think is the right situation. Well, the thing that I loved about both trick plays, James White totally sold and ran oh for like gosh. a few steps right? and i've never seen it where it kind of goes sideways yeah. like it was an actual running play yeah. it wasn't a draw and the other thing about the edelman white one was for white and those four or five offensive linemen to completely act like the play was dead the amount of practice that it must take to really refine that human mechanism yes but also I've never seen that many offensive linemen out on a screen before. Yeah. I've, I've only seen two, right. maybe three. Right. I've never seen four or five. No. I mean, that was, that was a really interesting way to do it. And the fact of like what you're saying, the discipline not to cross the line of scrimmage because that's it's what still going to be a forward of. pass. I, I was sitting on my couch going, oh, legal men downfield. That's that's Belichick. He's unbelievable. He does it. It's, that's why, you know, when we sit there and watch him do amazing pick plays on Monday Night Football or something, we go, oh, that was a pick play. Yeah, but he does it within one yard of the line of scrimmage where it's legal. He he does these things and gives his team an advantage, but does it all within the rules. And that's what's amazing about him and them and just everything they do. If somebody was going to come to you in the office and go, Brady yeah. beat Rodgers, yeah. what would you say to them? I would go, oh, oh, he beat him. That's right. It was just those two. It was nobody else in the field. It's the ultimate. It's my biggest problem with the whole quarterback situation right now and people think i'm being a hater on brady when it comes to this no i'm not being a hater i'm just being a hater on you know the storyline the national media lines that are saying this happened because of this no there is so many things that happened during that football game and to give one guy the credit to me is just ridiculous at times i mean it really is i mean brady brady did not play real good last night I mean, that's the real thing. I mean, Brady went through a stretch where they could have put the game away and he couldn't hit a throw. Or they had yeah, chances. I think even Al Michaels was like, that's the longest stretch of incompletions Seven for in Tom a row, Brady. Yeah. Right, in his whole career. So those things right there. you know. And again, Brady was still awesome. It's not, a, it's not about that. I'm just fighting 
the the national storyline and trying to give people the the real what's really going on. And yes, he's amazing, and I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But damn, the Patriots are on another level from the Green Bay Packers and what they do. I mean, what they do on the defensive side of the ball, let alone what they do on the offensive side of the ball, the vision to go, hey, we get this Cordell Patterson. Oh, we can play him a tailback and still run the ball. You've been saying that since the offseason. Because he's built like Latavius Murray. He just tricks everybody because he's wearing 84. And we go, well, he can't really do that. He's played receiver. He's been a ball carrier his whole life. I've watched the kids since Tennessee. My brother went to college with him at the Tennessee Volunteers. I know what kind of freak athlete he is and what kind of person he looks like in person. Yeah. And, you know, those are the things. Again, they have the vision and the the guts to go, who cares he's played receiver his whole life? He can return kicks. He returns punts. He breaks tackles. I've seen it all before. What's the difference between giving him a toss sweep and doing that? And they You're don't right. even have Sony Michelle or Gronk. I know. I mean, but were you serious? Are the Patriots going to win another Super Bowl? If you had to bet your money on one team to win the Super Bowl, I, I would. Be, if you made me, would you bet Saints, Chargers, uh, Chiefs, Rams, Patriots? If I had a bet, one like, like, team. like, like, if Ooh. I, like, if I took your house question. and yeah. I put it on the market right now, right? How dare you? And you only had one team to pick. <laughs> Who would you put it on? I think I'd put it on the Rams. Yeah, I know. What? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Saints or Patriots. I know. Why yeah. on the Rams? I mean, we'll get to those notes in a minute, but the Rams are good. Well, yeah, we know that. I The Rams are, I still think the Rams are the most talented team in football. Wow. And I think that yesterday, yes, they lost that game, but I, I really think that's going to be, they're going to look back at that when the season's over and go, man, good thing we got to go down there and play in that environment and get a taste of that. That was real playoff football. And show that we can get punched in the mouth and, and come back come and score back 18 straight. In a dome, loud noise. Okay, they're going to have to play the dome in the Super Bowl. Now they might have to go back there again and play in the playoffs to play against the Saints. Mm. Now if they if all stands, you know, status quo as is. Sure. Uh, I think there's a lot to be taken away from that game. Growth. I really do. I don't know how you bet against the Patriots. I, it's really hard. The, I know. The one thing that I loved about watching... There, there are four teams that played yesterday, and I'm not going to put the Chargers in there because their Chargers offense doesn't give me this feeling. Yeah. When I watch the Patriots, the Rams, the Saints, and the Chiefs, every time they touch the ball, I go, this is going to be special, and their offense takes everything. Yeah. Like, I'm watching the Chiefs game, and it's third and 20, and there's Spencer Ware on a fake screen to the right, screen to the left, gets a third and 20. And right. I go, they can do anything. I'm watching the Rams. I'm watching Malcolm Brown tightrope and go, I go, that's the backup running back. I know. I'm watching the Saints, and I go, I mean, every time Kamara touches the ball, I go, what do you do with that? Like, what do you do with <laughs> that? And the Patriots are, they could be the fastest offense in the NFL. They could be a slow-moving offense. But all of them, whatever I think is going to happen when the play starts, they can all completely change in an instant, and I'm completely wrong. And I go, this defense has no chance. Yeah. Even if it's an amazing defense. I know. I know. I, I feel the same way. It's uh, great play design, good talent, execution, thinking outside the box with plays, constant pressure with personnel, formations, the different ways in which they can beat you. I think that's what all four of them have, and I think you're spot on with that. Aaron Rodgers is out there with a beaten up and older Randall Cobb and two receivers who have six names, and I don't know how to correctly pronounce any of them. Right. 
Marquez Valdez Scantling and Equanimous St. Brown, Equinamia St. Brown. And we're sitting there going, I mean, I've seen this Valdez Scantling kid catch a touchdown before. Well, that's what drives me crazy. Going back to our original point. Chris Collinsworth, this guy's really putting up a spark. Brady was the one playing with no players. How does he do this? That's what I mean. Everyone Gronk still goes back playing. with Brady with that Rashad Caldwell season, Jabbar Gaffney, and they it's, talk about that like it was I know. revolutionary. I just, that, again, it sounds like I'm a Tom Brady hater when I'm trying to say these things, but, I mean, hey, Ben Watson still contributing to them. Gronkowski, greatest tight end ever. Moss, greatest receiver ever other than Jerry Rice. Okay, Dion Branch. I mean, damn, he only won a Super Bowl MVP and then went to another team and went to the Super Bowl as the number one target for that team too, but he wasn't good. Wes Welker, the greatest and first slot receiver in the history of the NFL, really. I mean, New England invented, oh, we can make a whole offense around the slot receiver, Wes Welker, then to Julian Edelman. Again, I'm not trying to hate on Tom Brady. I really want everybody to know that. No, the true thing is is that but Tom, I just Brady's hate that. Fi- Tom Brady's publicly saying it now. I know. It's more of the, the bloviators and the fans. I just want, yes, and I, and I will second again to say Tom Brady's physical ability is underrated. He has one of the best arms in the history of the sport. Is it Brady? Is it Rogers Favre or Dan Marino or Elway? No, but it's right there off of it. It's mm. that close. And that's what I don't think people get credit for. I mean, what Brady doesn't get credit for. And then there's his toughness and ability to execute and make those big throws in big situations. But, yes, I hate when people start saying that crap to me because that's lying, that's lazy, and that's a BS comment. Are the Packers done? Like, are they are they even capable of making a playoff run? Like, a lot of years you get to the playoffs and you go, if the Packers get in, they could really make a run. I don't I don't know if they got it this year. I don't know either. I mean, it's... Dolph- Losing Wilkerson was so big for it that defense. It was big. It was. It really was. Because they do have speed and people that can cover in the back end. You know, Kevin King getting hurt early in that game yes. last night, that hurt him. You lose Kevin King and, and then Jermaine Whitehead gets ejected for the slap. And, and that they, was stupid. I and mean, you traded Ha Clinton Dix. Like, who did you have back then? Yeah, well, that was... An, an unnecessary, I don't agree with that, him being kicked out no. there. That was ridiculous. What do the five fingers say to the face? I mean... You're suspended. Uh, yeah, that's just... It, and... You know, again, you know, yeah, I just that I, I totally disagreed with that. I totally disagreed with that. But overall, it was a it was a good game. It wasn't a good game. It wasn't as great as we expected no. it to be. No. no, no. All right, amendment number two. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is our, our favorite, favorite coach, coach in the, the NFL. NFL. Got to do a little self scouting. Yeah, I'm going to read you the quotes that we said about Nick Mullins before the Thursday night football game. Yeah, Sims. Derek Carr is greater than whoever the fuck starts at quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, especially the other guy. Until he completes a pass, I don't learn his name. I stand by those comments. What? Yeah, I stand by him. At that time, I was right. I'm oh, not, yeah. Yeah. You know. I thought you meant now. Yeah, I was like, jeez. No. no. I said, hey, Sims, I learned that he's a 6-1-2 tenor, which means that I'm going to watch the game on Thursday night going, look at this little shit running around. It's not going to be good. Uh, number one, Nick Mullins played fantastic for what he was asked to do, yeah. to go out there with that poise. Uh, I love the storyline that he wears number four, that he went to Southern Miss, that he had the same agent as Brett Favre. Brett Favre calls him after the game, and then his speech in the locker room afterwards. Yeah. I told you guys after the preseason against Dallas that even though it's preseason, this is the reason we play this game. Well, guess what? Now it's the regular season, and this is why we play the game. And the, and like I see Trent Taylor and all those guys. Yeah. And, 
uh, uh, humble brag. I was DMing with George Kittle, and he's like, "I fucking love this kid." Like, you could tell the team legitimately team likes legit. Him. So, number one, what had you heard about this kid from Kyle, uh, if anything? Other no, uh, only thing I knew from Kyle was the smarts part of it. Oh, what is the smarts part of that? It? He was like knew the offense better than anybody else on their team. Other than more, Kyle, more than Jimmy G and yeah. more than CJ Beathard. Yeah. Yes. Kyle would tell you that Nick knew the offense better than all of them. Yeah, Nick was like a total gym rat as far as the playbook was concerned and knew every little detail, was the quickest one to pick it up. Then couldn't it be argued that with an offense as elaborate and as successful as Kyle Shanahan that the guy that knows it the most will win the most? Well, not always because then you know you physical tools do come into it. Now, when the people are that open like the other night – no, the physical ability does not come into it. So I have to ask you. Yeah. Was the hype train going too strong for Nick Mullins? Because right now I'm hearing people talk about he's an, an up-and-coming quarterback. All right, this is the same thing now. Here we go. Let's let's be realistic, okay? I mean, the first touchdown pass to Pierre Garçon. Fake the run to the left. He boots out to the right. There's nobody in the TV screen for Pierre Garçon. There was not. Now, that's great that he threw the ball to the wide-open receiver. But I would like to think that every quarterback in the history of football would have hit that throw, and that would be a touchdown. All right, so what about okay. the other throws? Then we're going to— Good slant on the second touchdown. Good slant on the second. I think that was the third touchdown. You know, then we go to no, the— Not half- the George Kittle one, the one deep in the zone. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It was. It was. That was a good play. Yeah. Right. Okay, so that's good. Thread the needle. Right. Okay, that. You know, but then we go to the highlight package, and it's— Oh, look at this screen pass. Look at this four-foot throw. And then the guy runs for 25 Raheem yards. Yeah. Right. You know, those are the things. Again, he's doing a nice job, but let's not overdo it. Don't start telling me he's outdoing what Andrew Luck did the week before against the Raiders. No. He's executing a great offense that has exposing another defense, and he's just taking advantage of that alone and i'm not trying to take credit away from but i just we anoint these guys i got friends texting me do you think there's more hidden gems like this in the nfl well yeah there is if they play for kyle or sean mcveigh yeah you'll find sean payton yeah right you'll find them they'll 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 hit the wide open receiver you know now again the raiders are a dumpster fire i mean that has to be taken into account too but hey yes there's things to build on i do think he's a more natural thrower uh, C.J. Beathard? I do, yes. I mean, I know enough after watching that game to go, I think Nick Mullins is better than C.J. Beathard. And really, if you've watched the Niners the last few weeks, they've only really lost games because of some C.J. Beathard issues. Turnovers, right. Turnovers. Bad pocket presence, yes. stupid interceptions, whatever it may be. Maybe. But I just, that's again, not hating on Nick Mullins. I think he, he can have a future in the league. I'm just saying, let's not overdo it. Like, come on now. I but mean, you weren't even impressed a little bit. I was the thing because I'm, I think we overhype because the common fan like me goes, yeah. Here's a human I've never heard about yeah, right. that goes into an NFL game mm-hmm. on four days and is able to perform at that level. It blows us away. I because I've never, I didn't even know this human existed. Yeah, I, I get it. I guess to an ex player, you're not going to get amazement out of that. You know, it'd be one thing if. Damn, nobody was open, and he was dancing around the pocket and throwing sidearm out routes and throwing piss missiles down the middle to guys that were covered. Then I'd go, damn, who, how did we miss this guy? Who the hell is this guy? Then I would do that. But for now, let's just appreciate what he did, and let's continue to evaluate and not anoint him king of the NFC West quite yet. Mm. That's all I'm saying. 
you know, again, I'm not trying to take anything away, but we're just we're too quick to do that this day and age. It's just right away. Oh, he's awesome. He's the best I've ever seen. You know, oh, Nick Foles. Should they get rid of Carson Wentz and just make Nick Foles the franchise? Oh, yeah, let's forget about the four years he sucked before that and just be that much of the prisoner of the moment. You know, do oh, you think we should bench Dak Prescott and put Tony Romo back in? They're 13-2. and two. They're struggling a little. Oh, let's bench Tony Romo. Bench Tony. I mean, let's bench him for Tony Romo. Bench him for Tony Romo. Hey, you're the rookie of the year. I mean, it's just it's it's all over the place. That's what drives me crazy as an ex-player and somebody that you know lives the sport and watches it all. The other thing that it made me think though was what you've always said about the NFL. These teams are so close to each other. Yeah. And if you really look at Vegas and those injuries come out, rarely is there an injury that swings the line quarterback is usually one of the few positions where you could be a six-point favorite and then the other guy's quarterback's out now you're an eight-point favorite. But that's like saying the quarterback's only worth two points. And you realize it's there's not that big of a difference. It's not a huge gap unless your name's Peterman. No, and then shit goes crazy. Right, right. Goes crazy. Right. You know, yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's, oh, it's, we've put it's just, the quarterback but that make on sense. the pedestal too much. That's all we're saying. Go into that. Yeah, it's just, it's, we're putting them on the pedestal. This was your rant 15 minutes ago. So well, what is your. Well, we're just, we, we're, we're, everything is quarterback, quarterback. The only reason this team won was because the quarterback, a quarterback. And hey, again, going back to Tom Brady, he's, he's missed. He's missed 20 games, and they're, what, 15-5 and five without him? They went 11-5, and five, oh, and they went 3-1. and one. Okay, so they're 14-6. They're, they're and, six. and six. Okay? I mean, as great as Tom Brady is, great, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time, there they were capable of still winning without him. You know, as awesome as I think Carson Wentz is, damn, there's still a team out there that supported him, and they found the right formula, and they won because it's a team sport. Okay, I mean the Ravens won the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer, the the Broncos won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, who was the worst quarterback in the NFL that year. The worst. It wasn't close. He was the worst quarterback in the NFL. And we too much are just putting stock into everything the quarterback does. When I watch it, oh, what an unbelievable read by the quarterback. You know, there's a lot of plays that go on an NFL football game where I hear credit and go, oh, what a read by the, the quarterback. That's unbelievable. And I want to go, man, I know that play. You know, 73 scat halfback choice that Sean Payton just ran or whatever Brady just ran or even Rodgers. Nobody's above this. The coach goes, hey, when they're in this coverage, we're going to run this play. Just throw to this guy. I just want you to look away for a moment as you take your five-step drop. Don't look at him until you get to four or five, and then come to him. He'll be open every time in this coverage. And we make it a big deal, like, whoa, they read this, and he went through his progression. And no, it's just, you know, hey, there's great quarterbacks. Long story short is I'm just saying we're giving a little too much credit to the quarterback in the league right now, and there's a lot more to it than that. And if you know gambling, you know that Vegas actually has quarterback tiers hmm. where certain quarterbacks, if they're not playing, it changes the spread by a lot. Right. Uh, like and, Mitchell Trubisky mm-hmm. right now, it, the, the spread will change one or two points. He's yeah. on that tier six. Sure. There are three quarterbacks that if they don't play, it changes from six to seven and a half points. Can you guess who those three quarterbacks are? Before you guess, people at home, get your guesses in. I'm going to say. Hold on. Okay. Good job there on the couch. Okay, Sims, who are you going to say the three quarterbacks are that switch between six and seven and a half points of the team if they don't play? I'm, mm, it's only three, huh? This is according to CG technology. According to their quarterback values, there are different quarterback values depending on the Rogers casino. has to be one of them. Rogers is one of them. 
Man, is Brady? Brady is another he one. He is. Okay, I wasn't going to totally. There's one other quarterback. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Hmm. Nailed it. Yeah. Good for you. You know, because they can. Really proud of you. Thank you. They can do things outside the norm, again, that, you know, the playbook can't always deliver. Oh, the Seahawks were down 14 points yesterday, and Russell Wilson took five minutes on the first drive, but they somehow got the ball back, and he's doing it again. And I'm going, there's no other quarterback that could be doing this right now. Blood's gushing out of his elbow. I mean, he's partially the reason with the pick six they were in that predicament, but I'm going, Russell Wilson. That's a great stat. I I think that's a Vegas thing. But it tells you a lot. It really does. And the way Vegas values so people, Breeze's, I put over most of Breeze's Breeze tier is the two. next tier. Matt Ryan is the tier two. Right. Big Ben right. tier right. two. Which is right, right. I do have a Lefko PR, though, for the other side of last Thursday night, and that is for John Gruden. Yeah. I was rereading my book, Ego is the Enemy, mm. because my girlfriend said that my ego is out of control right now, and I thought, okay, let me, let me dive back into this and bring me down to size. That's the advantage of having a good girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Is they're not afraid to go, you need to check yourself. I got to, yes. yes. And I open up one of the chapters, and literally right in front of me, I had highlighted it from the last time I had read it, was a sentence that pretty much said, I'm going to sum it up, that if you speak about what you're going to accomplish, that it's like scientifically proven that dopamine is going to fire as though you've already Already accomplished it. it. Think about when you're out there right now, think about how many times you've gone, I'm going to clean my apartment this weekend. And in your head, you sit back and you, you, you're you having a snack and you're going, I'm going to clean up my apartment. I, I cleaned up my apartment this upcoming weekend. I'm going to do my taxes. Oh, okay, I'm going to do my taxes. But then you don't actually do it. And I think the problem right now is with John Gruden is everything about him is promising the future. Everything about him is what I'm going to accomplish and what we're going to do. I can almost guarantee that when Belichick starts the season, he's never talking about all the wins they're going to accumulate. No. He's not talking about the championships they're going to have. He's saying we're going to take it one day at a time, and we're going to do it. And the problem is, is Gruden knows what the media wants to hear. Yeah. Because he's been in the media. Yeah. And he knows what the fans want to hear. Every coach, though, knows what the media and the fans want to hear. Yeah. Any of them can go up there and go... Honestly, my players need to step up, and I know that we can win the Super Bowl if we do what we need to do. Coach, predict Super Bowl. But you don't do that because you're giving away part of that energy. Because if you keep saying we're going to build a championship culture, you're not actually building a championship culture. You're talking about a culture that needs to be built. The correct phrase is we're in the process of building We're building right now. We hope that one day it can lead to that. Mm -hmm. But I think John Gruden is speaking in a way right now in which I don't think John thinks he's made a mistake with anything he's done. I think think he has people around him that are justifying why the Khalil Mack trade was great. I think he has people around him explaining your offense isn't working, but it's not your fault, John. We don't have the right guys. You should get rid of Amari Cooper. Let's get some pieces there too. And even if you think the value is good, Even if he's going to come out here and say, I needed to blow it up to start over, because that's a thing. You're not building right now. You're deconstructing. What I saw on Thursday night was a team that's no longer playing for 2018. 
They are not going to be in any game the rest of the year. Derek Carr will have a few games in which the offense kind of makes it click, but when I see you going over to Paul Gunther with both hands extended going, what the fuck, that's when a head coach has finally, because he knows he's got the camera on him, that's when a head coach knows you're not going to be around next year. Figure it out. And I'm looking at John right now, and I think he's wrapped up in this protective bubble, and he it's gotten away from him more than he ever thought it could. Yes, I agree. That. And I think he needs to bring it in and stop promising things. Yes. We're past promising. Right. Just just promise Wednesday that it's going to be a good practice, and exactly. then go from there. Exactly. I mean, that's what, that's what Belichick does. That's what Pete Carroll does. It's go out there and compete today, today. And then after you compete in our detailed – Every day for 90 days in a row, then you start to build something from there. And then you start to go, what you're saying, the process has become the culture now. And this is what we do on a daily basis. When I read about Bill Walsh, <clears throat> Bill Walsh took time and sat with the secretaries and taught them how to answer the phone. Yeah. Because he knew that the culture had to be even that fine-tuned. Right. He went over the stamps they used on letters. What? He looked at how they packed for a trip right. because he knew that the culture had to be changed. But if he went around going, you ready to win a Super Bowl? You ready to win a Super Bowl? They go, well, one, you were two and 14 last year. <laughs> right. But uh, just think about it. I, I told my girlfriend last night, I'm going to go to the gym after work tomorrow. Yeah. And she goes, babe, I'm proud of you. I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. But in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm proud of myself too. Yeah. And I might not even go to the gym today. Yeah. Because I already got the dopamine. Uh, I'm betting you don't. No, I feel really <laughs> good right now. I, I think I ate healthy today. I don't need to go to the gym. But that's just something when I read that chapter and I thought about John Gruden, I go, man, he's promising a lot right promising now. Promising a lot. Team you know? lost the year of the team for sure. Lost a year. Yeah. And he may have lost all their trust. Yeah. I, I, I think there's something to that. Certainly. Did you see that though on the sidelines with Gruden and Gunther? Yeah. Well, I want to know what Gunther said back to him. He did. He popped right back at I him. I want to say he said like something like, you, would you run the ball? Or that's right. It, said, it seemed like he said something like that. But and then Gruden no, no. just turned around and was right. like, you're dead to yeah. me. Yeah. The other thing, really quick about sidelines before we move on. Every time I see Tom Brady on the sideline, he's got a coach to his left, another guy to his right with an iPad in his hands. Mm -hmm. Every time I see Rodgers on the sideline, he's by himself. Mm -hmm. Is Rodgers just like sitting there going, none of these people can help me right now? They go over there quickly, but <clears throat> again, it's just they go over there. He sits on the bench. They look at the drive. The plays are simple. And they just sit there and figure out, okay, what are we going to do now? What are the plays we're going to call next try? New England's over there going, hey, they were all over this and they're playing this. Hey, Josh, I think we should break out these plays. And Josh is going, hey, when they play this formation right now, it's a it's a quarters and a cover three game. Yes. That's what it is. It's quarters cover three. So we're going to start going to this and I might package it with yes. that and blah, 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 blah. And I feel like Aaron sits down and they go, Aaron, what are you seeing out there? Exactly. Aaron, right. what do you want to do? It's a, it's, it's a part of the culture. And I know, and I, I know people fight back with me sometimes. They're like, well, then why doesn't Rodgers change it? Rodgers doesn't know. He doesn't, he's never had anybody else change him. They are asking him to do it. And all he's doing is, I got to go out there next series and do it. 
I got to do it. I'm going to have to dance around. I'm going to have to throw. Instead of throwing 105 miles per hour, I'm going to have to throw one 110 this time. I mean, that's the way it is. That's the culture of Green Bay. That's yeah. what they've had ever since Brett Favre, and he took it over, and nothing's changed on the offensive on side of the On your ball. trick point play, yeah. your trick play point that yeah. you were making earlier, right. the other thing that the Patriots do with trick plays yeah. that I think is better than anybody else, mm-hmm. it's not just on stoppages. So many oh, of the trick right. plays that I see in the NFL right. are special teams. Yeah. And there's this moment where everyone's sitting around, they do it. Or it's out like of coming timeout. out of a timeout. Right. The Patriots are in the midst of a hurry-up hurry up offense right. and then hit you with the Edelman to white throw yeah. where you're just trying to get to the line and you're not even processing anything. And that was the timing of that play call last night. I it go, he's sitting there and he's like, now. But it's not even It's not even like, what should we do? Should we do Philly, Philly? Yeah, let's do it. No, it's more like we're in it. And by the way, Philly Flicker. And then that right there that you're doing, the quickness, right? Why do you think they did the quickness? Just mess with your brains. Mess with your brain. But there's another point. It's not just Tire that. Tire out. It's a, that, that's part of it, but it's still not the main point. But this week, there was a main theme of why they were doing it. All the young guys in the secondary for Green Bay. No ha-has there. You got Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, Jermaine Whitehead, who's a young player. Blake Martinez, who's not that old. They got all these guys. Josh Jones has taken over in the safety or position. Burks, right. If he's actually playing. All, but, all these guys, though. And that's what I guarantee they watched that and said, I don't think they can get this all communicated all the time. Mm. Let's just do that. Let's test that. Let's see how they do that. If that game was in Lambeau, would it have been at all different? Uh, You know, it it could have been. Home field advantage is a real thing. Playing in Lambeau. I mean, I would still like to think think New England wins that game no matter what. Yes, New England's a better team. All right. So as one is one to do, man, the Sunday morning dumps have been just classic. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> I don't even think if I was actually talking about that, that a hmm would be the best thing to do. No, just the news dumps. The Schefter Rappaport dumps that come out Saturday at like midnight or Sunday morning at like 345. They've just become ridiculous. So I want to go through a few. Please. Josh McDaniels. Ian Rappaport reports that McDaniels is, quote, believed to be open in being a head coach, I guess, somewhere other than the Patriots. Cleveland. I thought this already got fixed. And what made me think is, so so I have a hard time believing that the Patriots have changed their mind on Josh McDaniels being the successor to Belichick. Right. But I wonder if like McDaniels and Belichick were at dinner and they're eating and Belichick just go like he's cutting a steak, his medium well steak. And he's like, mm, I'll tell you what, I could totally do this for like seven eight more years and mcdaniels is like what like why why would this come up now because i think that and i also find interesting that rapaport's reporting this. well yeah he i mean rapaport usually knows somebody connected to the situation yeah right? but remember last week with the whole report that came out about benching josh gordon it didn't happen right rapaport went right back hey, to the listen, Patriots. everything well. i know is josh gordon was late and Rappaport was right. Okay, let's just start there. And Belichick, in my opinion, pulled a fast one on everybody Good for and him. said, Ooh, I, I don't want to sound like we have a leak in our building. So I'm just going to start him and then act like this didn't really happen. I really think that's what happened. I, I love that. I kind of 
know that. I haven't confirmed it, but so he's not trying to flesh out the mole. He's just trying to hide the mole. He's it's it's almost better to look like there's no leaks instead of the weakness of oh things are getting out of this building and they've had a few things get out of the building the yes. last few years whether it's Gronk's trade the Seth Wickersham thing all that has been you know come out to be somewhat true. But what about the phrase McDaniel's is believed to be open? Well. I don't think head coach for another team was ever totally off the board. You know, I don't think it was off. I don't think like him and Bill like shook hands and were like, okay, I'm here until the day you leave. You know, Bill was probably very open with like, hey, if there's something else, then, you know, we'll tell me it was only because of the Colts. Tell me it's because Bill and Kraft hate the Colts because of Deflategate, and that's the real reason. I, I don't know that. Now, it wouldn't shock me if that played into it. I think the biggest thing is just this, that they were going to lose their defensive coach who really didn't play defense in the Super Bowl, and they were going to lose their offensive coach who was the only reason they were in the Super Bowl, and they were like, damn, we're going to lose you? Like, so you really could see McDaniels going to a franchise not called the Patriots? Well, there's... I mean, I, I would, I, if you made me bet, I'd say no, but I would say this. He's an Ohio boy, okay? Uh-oh. So Cleveland and everything we know is that he liked Baker Mayfield. Uh-oh. Okay? And damn, I mean, I know he's 34, but would you turn down a chance if Green Bay came open with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback? This is my question. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns are super young. Mm-hmm. They have a young piece in Miles Garrett. They have a young piece in Baker Mayfield. Yeah. They have a good offensive line. They have good draft capital. They have good salary cap space. Would you take Cleveland or Green Bay if both offered you and your name was Josh McDaniels? I would take Green Bay. I would. I would take Green Bay and go, I got four or five years left to Rodgers. I'll find another quarterback within that time to take over for him after. Green Bay's a special job. Cleveland, I don't think the optics would be great for Josh. As soon as something bad happened, they're going to go, this is what happened in Denver. This is a disaster. Why did we ever hire him? He was only good in New England because of Belichick. Cleveland has shown that their infrastructure is flawed. Right. Where Green Bay is one of the pinnacle organizations. Cleveland You don't have an owner to deal with. a proven commodity. Green Bay is, you mean? No, Cleveland does. They need a proven commodity head coach. Like, if John Harbaugh got fired from the Ravens... He'd be great in Cleveland. I would go, he could do that. Somebody like Bill Cowher, all right? Just guys like that who have the cachet. I'm not saying I love it either, and he's been out for a while, but the cachet for the base and the team to believe that... You're saying they're done with the Pettins, the Chudzinskis. They can't do that anymore. It's gotta, that's, that will not fly for me if they hire that but type of guy. But if you were Josh, you'd go to Green Bay. I would. Man, yeah. Josh McDaniels in Green Bay. Yeah, that would be amazing. <sighs> Rogers like, what? This is, that's how you get these fucking guys open? Oh, this is what you've been doing? Like, have I ever told you the story about when we, the Saints came to training camp and New England has this red zone play. They have two two or three staples in their red zone that they run that really test your red zone defenses, okay? I'm going to guess one. Right. One, I feel like I've seen Amendola do this a million times. It's like they run to the back and they either keep going or they just like come right Usually back out to the back. Usually they keep going, pile. right? It's so, it's something along those right, lines. No, tell right? me what it is. So they're, they're they're first of all their philosophy in New England is high in the back, low in the front. 
Right. right. So you throw it high in the back because if, if it nobody gets, gets it, it air, gets out of the way. It goes out of bounds. And low in the front because otherwise if it gets if it's high and it gets tipped up, who knows if it's going to be gonna intercepted. Right. You throw it low, usually it just ends up falling into the ground, right? Well, they have this play where they run it a lot. In fact, they ran it last week against Buffalo in the game, and Buffalo was ready for it. But basically it's like a two-by-two two formation, right? And Gronkowski's to the right, and there's a receiver outside him to the right, and then there's two other receivers to his left for everybody listening out there trying to paint a picture. Gronkowski's going to take a delayed release. He's going to take his time, almost give it a one, a two, a three, and then start to run. Because a lot of the times in, in zone and in, in, in uh, red zone defense, there's really only two defenses played per, per se. Ooh, it's either know this. It's either all-out blitz or you play somewhat of an umbrella zone, right? Quarters coverage. When you played Madden, which one did you pick? Did you pick double A get blitz or did you pick oh, the I was zone a, I'm dropback. a coverage guy. I'm a, I was a zone dropback all guy, the time. All the way. I'm going to flood the zones. Yeah, and I'll, I'll figure I out a way to get I might even be a nose there. tackle and drop him back too and do all oh, that you're stuff. You're sick. Yeah, do all <laughs> that kind of stuff. But so that's so they're playing for that. So now, what okay. is his delay do so to the So his defense? delay in quarters, what, the, what happens is the safety who's in front of that tight end in Gronkowski he doesn't see him come off the ball. And his rule right then is to go, let me look at the outside receiver and help out my outside corner because if he runs an in-cut and along the back line, I like you're saying, jump in front. You can, he can be there and do that. Now, the linebacker who's also in quarter is supposed to run out to the flat he kind of sees the slow, delayed release, too. So he doesn't fly out there. There's nothing for him to fly out there, too. And then all of a sudden, Gronkowski and comes. runs to the And flight. he gets one yard in the end zone, and he runs to the pylon. And I'm and sitting there. And with how big he is, you're not getting through his No, body. you're not. And a lot of times, it just stresses the coverage in general to where he's wide open. You're like, how the? You, you watch a game, and you go, what? How does Rob Gronkowski get that open? Yeah. And. I was sitting behind, and they don't think they didn't even know I was there, but I'm, I'm at practice because Saints are there scrimmaging against New, New England. And it's like the second day, third day in a row that Brady's going to throw the same touchdown pass. And Breeze turns around to Sean Payton right away. There's that play again. I, 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 I don't get it. How is it open every time? I don't, you know, and that just that shows you. Those are the things that, again, that Sean Payton and them have stole that play. They do it now, but... Just to show you the things, like I'm saying, is you don't know what you don't know. Unless you have a coach that's willing to push the limitations of his own offense and always steal and find new mm. plays. Like like damn uh, Sean Payton. He comes out last week and goes, oh, I stole that play from New England-Chicago last week when he ran the little speed sweep to beat Minnesota, right? on the right. He stole that from New England. He got no, no qualms about it. I stole it from New England. Suck it. And it worked. Good use of the word qualms. Thank you. I, yeah, I think it's. I think to be a good offensive coordinator, you have to have no ego. Your offensive playbook is it's a Wikipedia. It's open for edit. Anybody can change it. You can add anything at any time. Exactly. Right. The people that go, no, this is us, are the people that are often too rigid. But yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Speaking of the Patriots, they signed uh, your guy, Obi. Sims was very high on Obi Melanfonwu coming out of Connecticut. Got drafted in the second round by the Raiders. Yes. Uh, was a non-factor. Gruden came in, said, why are you not practicing? What are you, a wimp? And they cut him, and now he's being signed by the Patriots. Yeah. And you know the rule. If the Patriots signed him, everybody else was wrong. You were right. <laughs> yes. so congratulations. Yeah, I was right. It's going to work. It's going to prove me right. He's freakish athletic, freakish athlete. Hey, he's from the New England area. New England so you know they scouted the England. crap out of him. Exactly right. And, um, yes, yeah, we'll I, I do have hope for him. We'll see if it works out. Another news, another Sunday dump. 
We should do that. Part of our Sunday, Sunday dump. dumps. Uh, apparently, Jason Locke and Fora reported that the Jets tried to trade Teddy for Dante Fowler in August, Ooh. and the Jaguars said no. Mm. I had kind of heard that. I knew they made a play for Fowler. I don't know if I knew that they traded Bridgewater from, but Jacksonville has fallen under what we talk about. Oh, we can't have a good backup. It might threaten Blake. We don't want to do that. That'll upset our team. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. We wouldn't want to win the Super Bowl. We just don't want to hurt Blake's feelings. So. Is that David Caldwell? Is that Tom Coughlin? Is that Doug Marone? <laughs> I think. Uh, Is that Nathaniel Hackett? I'll go with David Caldwell. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I just I, I wonder what they think now. I still keep sitting there going, why doesn't Jacksonville sign Sam Bradford? Why? What? I mean, what if you win the next two weeks, right? And you're Jacksonville, and Bortles plays like crap, but somehow you find ways to win the game. And maybe the Texans drop one or two. Exactly. And, and, and all the South of a is sudden, open. you go, oh gosh. And he still keeps like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. What do you think? So Diana Rossini reported that the Giants have no interest in Sam Bradford, but you think I thought I thought Sam Bradford to the Giants made sense. Had yeah. success with Pat Shermer, sure, right. knows what he needs to do, probably knows the offense really well. I can't imagine that Eli's long on the tooth for the Giants anymore. I can't think so. I mean, I think the Eli thing is probably I'm probably coming to an end soon. You think so? I do, but I don't I think Lawletta and his wild goose chase uh, around uh, the New Jersey Turnpike has probably changed the Giants' tune a little bit to where they're going like, man, I don't know if we could trust this guy, and that optics don't look good. Hey, we're benching our two-time Super Bowl champ for the old police invader over here. He's going to run the offense this week. Police evader. Evader, yes. Yeah, sorry, you're He's right. He's not invading. He didn't invade the police, the police station. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the police station. Get on the ground. Uh, but... Yeah, but Sam Bradford, the Jacks. Have, now a lot of I people. I think they're just going with Sam Bradford in the Giants situation. They're just going. We're we're going to be in the quarterback market next year. We're going to draft a quarterback. Right. We don't even want to deal we with this. Let's start see what Lalletta is, and let's just go from there. Now a lot of people would say Sam Bradford, man's made out of glass. He looks like crap in Arizona. Yeah. But would you, but you still think it'd be better for the Jaguars? I, I think a lot of quarterbacks look like crap in Arizona. Have you seen yes. that team? That's a crap team. It's crap offense. I mean, nobody's going to look real good in Arizona. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, Josh Rosen, as good as he's looked, has had like five good drives. I mean, because there's not a lot of help around him. Well, after our interview with Jalen Ramsey, where he definitely supports us, and I went back. So this is the thing about the Jalen Ramsey interview. We couldn't see him. Yeah. And then when I went back and watched the interview, I know your wife went back to the interview. He agreed with us. He was great. Yeah, he was really, really yeah, good. He, he increased my man crush. But San Bradford, you would tell Jacksonville right now, bring him in. Without a doubt. Bring him in. Without a doubt. Because if they find themselves in the thick of things here and, you know, Bortles has another stretch that he had where you just go, damn, I mean, oh my, unbelievable. I just, I don't know. You're just, you're wasting time. You're wasting years. I, I still think Jacksonville is going to make a play here. I do. I mean, they got... I know out of their, their next four games, I'm just going to double-check myself, but I'm pretty sure out of the next four, they got Colts twice, Buffalo once, and Pittsburgh. They can win three out of those four. I know that. I'm right, too. It's Colts, Steelers, Bills, Colts. So Where's Steelers? It is at home. The only thing that scares me is Steelers this week play Thursday, so they're going to have 10 days oh, yeah, rest. But right. you did only say three. Yeah. Right. 
So I mean, you know, you win three out of you win three out of your next four. Okay, yeah. What's their record then? They're they're gonna be they're gonna be six and six. Hey, they can still nine and seven might get in. And there. I know that my Super Bowl pick Texans have been looking good, but they're nothing. Both of our oh, you're gonna be screwed with Green Bay. Yeah, yeah that's sorry. what sucked. Uh, only other little news nugget: Bruce Arians is formally saying he's interested in the Cleveland job. Mm. Nothing like a guy broadcasting a team's game, meeting with Greg Williams, the coach, and then afterwards being like, "No, they lost, but I would totally." Take that job, like I, I like you know what I mean. Like you sit in a room with Greg Williams for like thirty minutes, and he's probably there going like, "I want to show this team that I can be their head coach of the future." He moved all this stuff into that office. This I'm the guy, and Bruce Aaron's like, "Nah, I'll take that." Cleveland has a big shiny star on top of it. Everybody wants this job. Baker Mayfield, and you've nowhere to go but up. And that's and you'll get all of the credit. Exactly right. You will be a golden god. But you know what? I don't know if I want to work in that organization. I I hear you. I know. John Something. Dorsey seems like he's got to go in the right direction. I know, but I'm worried about Haslam. I know. Haslam seems like a loose cannon. You know? Yeah. Has, Haslam's like the guy that's like, you really want to fire Hugh? Yeah, I know. I mean, he to Excuse me. Excuse me. Mr. Jim, hi. He's 336-1. and one. You just, what are you doing? He fired Mike Lombardi for Ray Farmer. That's all I got to say. He listened to a homeless I've already promised Browns fans I wouldn't do that by the way the Raiders thing I had a lot of Raiders fans hitting me up saying stop trashing the Raiders I'm not we're, I don't think we're going to trash the Raiders I don't like to hit teams when they're down but I do like to take shots at GMs and coaches because they're the ones that you, the reason your team is down yeah you know what I yes, mean right but all right you ready to get into some film sure Ram Saints yeah I go come on. to you today and I go man how great was that film were you excited to watch it? And you go, I really wasn't excited to watch it. Yeah, I was afraid it was going to be like a Big 12 football game when I turned on the film. And you thought, you were like, oh man, this is going to stink. Yes, I did. Uh, really quick before we get into that. Yeah. So apparently the other story was the Rams tried to get Jadavian Clowney Ooh. earlier this year. Ooh. You did see that? No. They tried to get him and it wouldn't work. They also tried to get Jerry Hughes and that didn't work. Mm. And they settled on Dante Fowler. Dante looked good in the snaps yesterday. Dante's smaller than I remember him. Yeah, he's you know he's a true like pass Russian DN. He's 256, 258. Yeah, I thought he was range. in the two seventies. Yeah, no, he's more Khalil Mackish. That he's that kind of guy. Yeah, which is not even as jacked as him. But Jadavian Clowney, could oh you my imagine? Gosh, what Jadavian Aaron I Donald? Ram- I might get a Rams tattoo if I that was- happened. <laughs> Uh, And then my only other question is, before we get into the film, did the Saints win home field advantage yesterday? I'm not ready to give them that yet. they got to play the Carolina Panthers two more times. they got a few other games. Atlanta could be an issue, too. We saw them went to overtime, and guess what? Atlanta's 4-4. and Yeah, they're scary. I mean, once that offense gets rolling, but, you know, hey, they they got the Bengals. They got the Eagles the week after that. They got the Falcons. the Saints. The Cowboys. Then they got the Bucks, then they got the Panthers, Steelers, Panthers to end the year. Who have they played the last few weeks? I know you have the schedule pulled up. The Ravens, Vikings, Rams. So this is the thing is and we kept Redskins. talking about how the Saints had like seven or eight weeks in a row. They've aced the first half. Yes, they have. They're three and oh. Um, but I would also say the Rams game was a beautiful game. Yeah. Minnesota, ball bounced their way. Right. Baltimore. They played great, but they even got a thing bouncing their way. We'll see. I think you're right. Okay, so where do you want to start with Rams Saints? Okay, I mean, what side do you want? What would you, what would you rather know? Let's start with uh, the the Saints offense 
that you've always said that people accuse you of hating that you don't hate. You actually love. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of my favorite watches in football. Um, okay. All right. So I think the first thing we'd have to start out with is this. And this came out, it came to me pretty quickly in watching the film. After about the first two or drives, I said, ooh, you know what's different about this game? Hmm. The Rams D-line is not going to just outright win this battle. You have talked up the Saints O-line for two years now. Yeah. Andrus Pete, you were on when nobody else liked him. Larry Warford, the addition in the last offseason yeah. to right guard. Right. Uh, Terran Armstead is the left tackle that no one talks no about. No one in the talks NFL. about. A lot of talk about Trent Williams. A lot yeah. of talk about Tyron Smith. A lot of talk about um, yeah. Rodney Stanley. I don't know. Just, but yeah. no one ever really talks about Terran Armstead. No, not because he's not quite the big, hulking looking guy. He's a little more athletic based, but phenomenal. And then they have an amazing right tackle in Ryan Ramchek. Ryan Ramchek. And then let's not forget. The Saints probably won that trade from three years ago oh, yes, they when did. they traded Jimmy Graham for Max Unger. Yes. What happened in the three years since? Jimmy Graham is now on his third team, and Mac and the Sa- Seattle offensive line fell apart, and the Saints have had one of the best offensive lines the last year. So you've yes. been all over that. Yes, thank but you. But they own the Rams D line. Huh? They did, you know, didn't own them, but they didn't let the Rams D line make a mess of the game, which is what they do. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, the Rams don't sack the quarterback that much." It doesn't really matter. Sacks are overrated. The Rams D line ruins what people are trying to do. They are the kings of the fuck it up stat that we talk about so often right so that was the first thing i looked at i just said man and that was the reason i really picked the saints of the game i just said i don't know if they can ruin the game first thing we have to do is talk about andrews pete i would i will go out there on a limb and say andrews pete did as good on aaron donald as i've ever seen anybody at the guard position Mm. anybody and Aaron Donald had a, had a few plays. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, the one play where he got in the, back in the backfield and Kamara just right. imploded. And Andrews, yeah. Andrews Pete looked at him like, damn, I hit you and you didn't even break stride. And you just and you just ran over my – you know, he, you're never going to just stop Aaron Donald. This is – Aaron Donald is one of the greatest defensive players ever. I just hope everybody knows so that. So wh- where are you going to say that Andrews Pete ranks right now in terms of guards in the NFL? Oh, I, I mean, he's up there. He is. He's in the Zach Martin – conversation you know Kalechio Osamele when they're healthy you know any of the good ones he is never right hear there. his name mentioned. no I know and, and it's a shame and really his ability was a big key to the game because the, the fact that they could trust him in some certain situations to go we think you can block him man-to-man on third and seven and it's drop a wild back. notion it's a wild notion exactly right so I think that's where it's got to start but that's where I first looked at it and just said, wow, okay, they got a chance. And then Breeze started to drop back, and as the game went on, they could not get pressure on Drew Breeze. He got to pat the ball. He got times. it. I mean, I know there was no sacks, but yeah, he did. And hey, don't get me wrong, there's a few times where he moved around and got the ball out of his hand, and that was a great play. Yeah. But I'm just talking as a whole, the pass protection was a huge part of their success overall. Now, the other thing is, yeah, they threw the ball. That, that's for sure. We know that the Saints did. Um, do they ran whenever they wanted to? They did run the ball phenomenal, and that's what they can do. And they didn't make it's a living of going up the middle all the time, but they got on the edge between the tight ends and the tackles a few times with Kamara, you know, found the right play every now and then to let Sue fly up the field, and then they just replaced him right through with like a what they call a trap play inside. And, you know, Ingram rips it up there for 10 yards or Kamara. Either way, all those things were good. Now, the thing that I found fascinating about the game was, and this is people are going to be like, what? Like, the Rams' coverage 
was very good in the football game. That's not real. I mean, I know. It was phenomenal. Breeze was amazing. Breeze's accuracy and pinpoint. He threw some balls where I said, Ooh, he's going to throw that six yard out to Kamara. They're ready for it. You Lamarcus, saw the long where he turned out the corner right, for a touchdown. Right. There was two he or was three like over. that. Right. There was two or three where I was just like, Ooh, that's guts just to throw it, let alone you hit the bullseye and got yards after the catch because you threw it that perfect. You know, hey, Michael Thomas did good things. We need to have extraordinary things. 200 plus yards. 200 plus yards. His size and physicality are unreal. But I do want to correct this narrative. We're all going to look at the 72-yard touchdown uh, that that Michael Thomas had on Marcus Peters. And Marcus Peters, I think he was confused. He's talking at the snap. There's some confusion there. But I will say this. as As a whole for the day, Marcus Peters covered him really well. Really? He really did. Sims, he's being eviscerated on that. That's a shame, and it's There stupid. are articles that are saying that market, that the Rams have a Marcus Peters problem. Yeah, it, that's just not right. You know, again, I will say this. What Marcus Peters was asked to do in that football game, there's only like five or six corners in football that their defense would go, we think you can do that. Get like what kind face. of stuff? Michael Thomas, no matter where he was, oh, he's going in motion across. Hey, we want you to cover him flying across in motion and be all over him like glue. He was phenomenal in the football game. But, now, did Michael Thomas have a few catches on him? Yeah, Michael Thomas is a giant man. But on a lot of those, he wasn't open. I mean, he wasn't open. It was great accuracy. And then Michael Thomas is maybe, you know, he's in the conversation for the greatest hands when he's covered in the sport. He's like DeAndre Hopkins. Might not separate. doesn't matter. Just throw it to him. He, mm-hmm. He's going to pull it down. Alshon Jeffrey, DeAndre Right, those Hopkins, kind of guys. Yeah. Gronkowski. It just doesn't matter at yeah. times. They're such big bodies with huge wingspan. Now he caught a bunch of slants, right? And they weren't all, not all these catches were on Marcus Peters. I hope everybody knows that. You know, some of these are, he's in the slot and it's zone coverage and he's running a play, what we would call like 382 Y-stick lookie. That's exactly what Drew Brees is calling in the huddle. And he has a choice. As soon as he gets to the line of scrimmage, he goes, oh, they're in this coverage. I'm going to Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas, whoever's over the top of him, can go, oh, I'm going to run a slant round if he's head up or outside of me. And if he's inside of me, I'm going to take two steps like I'm going to run the slant route and I'm going to return outside. It's like an option route where he's never going to be wrong as long as you have half a brain to execute that. Right. So he, he caught a lot of those as well, but I do want to make sure that we're not going crazy on Marcus Peters here. Hey, yeah, could he have made a play here or there a little bit better? Marcus Peters as a whole played good game and was asked to do things once again that I'm just telling you not a lot of corners in football would have been asked to what he's due. That tells you what how highly he's thought of. The, the aspect of what you're saying of looking at the film and seeing what they're asking him to do. Yeah. I'm noticing something about the way we diagnose defensive players in the public. Yeah. Anthony Barr chasing Todd Gurley down the sideline. Right. They were eviscerating Anthony Barr. Right. And the real question is, how many linebackers are really going to stop Todd Gurley on a crossing route? None. Marcus Peters is face up on Michael Thomas. And we see him get burned, and everybody goes, man, Marcus Peters stinks. Now realize that Marcus Peters has built a reputation of being a gambler, of being someone that's going to abandon the philosophy of the defense and try and make a play. Were you seeing that? No, he wasn't messing anything up. 
other than the long touchdown where he tried to he tried to jam him, and I think he thinks he's got help over the top. He he missed on that play. He missed. I I do want to. I don't know maybe if he's playing the wrong technique. All that stuff could be up for grabs in that certain situation on that one play. The rest of the game, I can tell you that Marcus Peters played really good football and gave Michael Thomas fits. And Michael Thomas is really good. And the Saints might think they're better. I'm just reminding you, Akib Talib will be back for the playoffs. Exactly right. Don't forget. Exactly right. He's not there right now. Right. Yeah. So this is the other thing we have to take into account here, right? Don't get me excited about the Rams. Okay. Well, <laughs> the other thing we got to take into account is, you know, they're they're they fake the field goal. Yep. Okay. And they should have gotten it. Right. Johnny Hecker totally Stor- got that. It's fourteen all. They go down and make it twenty one fourteen. Yeah. Okay. They get the ball back. They go right down the field again. And we're not, I'm not going to get into their offense yet, but they go right down the field. They miss the field goal. Right. They go right down again, 28-14. Right. You know what happens the next play after that? Drew uh, Goff throws the interception. Right. 35-14, right there. Three drives. Game was totally changed after they missed Blew that. Blew up. Blew up. So... Sims so, is at NBC going left go got screwed on this bet. Yeah, you I mean you, you, the game was that game is a 50-50 game. If they play again, I, I don't even know who I'd pick. That game is so close and they're and the you know the thing you can't ever take for granted is the Saints O-line, Breeze's ability to understand the total concept of the game. I got Aaron Donald here. I'm going to have to make some throws into some tight windows, whether I like it or not. And I got to have a clock in my head to go. I can't let them hit me from behind and get a sack fumble and totally change or dictate this whole game. Right. The thing that was great about that game was both teams, just like chiefs Patriots looked at their opponent and said, field goals ain't winning shit. Right. Let's go for the jugular every time. Right. That was awesome. Yes. It was awesome. Um, What else am I missing here? Uh, Kamara played great. Michael Thomas played great. Drew Brees played awesome. I, I don't know what they were doing on the long play. To seventy-two yard. Yes. Touchdown? See, to me, this is where it was all messed up, and I think they were doubling eighty car and Kamara, who was inside of Michael Thomas. So that's where I just go. I'm not sure. That's where I have questions about that whole play in general. Maybe we'll find out through the co- the press conferences this week and all that, but. You know that's uh, that that would be the story of that game in a nutshell from that perspective from that side of the ball. All right, what about the Rams' offense? Yeah, the Rams' offense. I mean, I think the first thing I have to say is I think Jared Goff played the best game of his career. Wow. Yes. Even with that interception. Even with that interception. Hey, you know he was in a tough spot. He's down twenty eight fourteen. He was aggressive. I like that. I like Jared Goff aggressive. Jared Goff though, yes. In that environment, against that team, um, things are going your way. He made a lot of big throws and gutsy throws where I just said, he's not really open. He's going to have to throw a strike here. Troy Aikman literally needed new pants because he was so excited about the 20-yard throw to Cooper Cup that Jaragoff threw before Cup even broke a little bit. Right. He was like, I was, I was like, whoa, chill out. Yeah, he did. That was a, it was a phenomenal throw because yeah. he threw the ball way before the guy was coming out of the break. And I think the reason he freaks out is other quarterbacks have done that. But this is something we've been waiting for Jared Goff for a long time. And this year, if this is the Jared Goff we're getting from now on, right. 
Hell yeah. That's right. And you got to, even what else did Aikman say? Like, you got to, if you're listening to these games, you got to listen to the cryptic language sometimes. Like, he made one point early in the game, like, oh, I, I would have loved to play in this Sean McVay offense. Mm. It's pretty easy. You know, that's, you know, that was him kind of saying, like, it's easy to play quarterback in this offense. He didn't take a shot at, but golf made plays that were big time in this football game. I think that's the first thing I look at. The Saints were smart. You know, on defensive side of the ball, they played a little man early, and I think they realized, okay, we can't play man-to-man on this, this, this crowd. Marshawn Lattimore, I don't know what's happened to him, but he cannot play on an island on a consistent basis. Marshawn Lattimore, for my money, is not as good this year as he was last year mm. as a rookie. Um, but I just thought overall Dennis Allen played a, did a good job of only rushing four for the most part, playing zone coverage, rallying to make tackles, not letting huge big plays, an occasional, oh, we're going to play man-to-man and blitz here and there just to throw Sean McVay off and all that. Um, But I think the biggest thing they did more than anything is the Saints took away two things from the Rams. One was Gurley. Gurley did not go off. He had a good game. But he did not go off. They were not going to let Gurley in the run game get started. The other thing is all the bullshit plays. They didn't happen. You didn't see screens to the wide receiver bus for 40 yards. You didn't see the speed sweep turn the corner. You didn't see Gurley screens. So how did they not let Gurley get off? When you say they didn't let Gurley get off. Yeah, they, they played big fronts up front. Sheldon Rankins played one of his best games of the year. The kid Davidson. Oh, he, people were tweeting us about Sheldon Rankins, the FTPU king. Yeah, he was kicking butt. Yes, last night it was the best game he played. He he was playing like a mini Aaron Donald yesterday. Wow. Yeah, he was phenomenal. He was a top eleven. Yeah, he is. Pick. He's in, he's in that. Um, so Sheldon Rankins. So they they put linebackers. They put more people in the box. No, they didn't. They just you know they're a good run defense. They yeah, don't have. They're great, number one in the NFL I Sims. And I, I and I said on Thursday it's yeah. because they they haven't played teams great pass on them. Right. And I'm not saying I I agree. I think that's you're right there, Lefko. Like if this game is closer. I'm still not sold that they wouldn't be able to run the ball with a little more success. Because I thought if you know when they went down 35 to 14, it right. changed it up. But like Gurley was on those first two drives was doing whatever he wanted. He busted up the middle a few yeah. times. Yes, he did. Had it, that gallop going. Right. But once they got their feet underneath them a little bit, hey, those guys in the middle, they're 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 pretty good for Who? the Saints. AJ you know, Klein. Yeah. Well, see there. Demario Davis is a phenomenal run stopping linebacker. He played okay? great. You know, Anzalone, he's more comes in in the passing situations and does does things like that. But, you know, the other guys, Davison, Rankins, Okafor, this rookie Stallworth, 76, who comes in. You know, they just, they got the look. They play tough. And mm. you're not going to just drive them out of there in the run game. And the Saints tackled well for the day. I'm not going to sit here and say they reinvented the wheel or did anything totally crazy well, what did they on the do defense to stop side all of the that ball. Tricky shit? They just, the zone defense was the biggest thing. At least they got to keep their eyes on the screen game. Why does everyone play receivers. zone against the Rams? Yeah, Bill, it's, it's, not, it's not always easy. You don't always have the offense to sit there and go, well, if they just start picking apart our zone, we have an offense, too, that can start go down the field on gotcha. them. You have to think about the, the full aspect of the game as a head coach sometimes. Points per game. Yeah. Where do you think the Rams rank in the NFL? Surprising. So they're not one because that's the ch- – no, no, points per game allowed. Oh. Yeah, it's not great. Because they've had games like the Seahawks and the Vikings yeah, and the Packers. Where do they rank? Yeah. I, I'm going to say they're like 23rd in football. I'm very surprised. They're 10th. They're 10th. Okay. They're one spot well, ahead of the Patriots, the Panthers, the Chargers. 
I thought they were going to be in the twenties. It's early season. It's early season. Oh, and they let up nothing to Arizona. Exactly, ah, and shit. thirteen to the Raiders. Those skewed the and skewed ten it a little to the bit. Niners. Exactly. Ah, damn. Those skew the points a little bit. Yeah, because I feel like in the last. I mean, you look at the the L.A. Rams and you pull up their schedule and yeah. you go, okay, they let up forty five to the Saints and twenty seven the Packers and thirty one the Seahawks and thirty one the Vikings. But no, they're they're tenth. Yeah. All right. I yeah. didn't realize. Yeah, that's that's. Pretty amazing. All right, so overall, though, you leave this game and you feel actually more confident about the Rams and the Saints. And yeah, I, I will How? say why I I don't because I think that the this, the Rams have a little more talent on their football team. Not that I'm saying they could win this game, but I just what I, if the games in New Orleans. I again? came away going. I just felt like I came away going the game like man, the Saints were hanging on for their ass there for a little while. Because you came into the game going, the Saints are going to beat them. Yeah, and the Saints can still beat them. They have the right formula because of that O-line and Sean Payton and Breeze and everything they bring to the the table there. But I think the next time they play, you know, you you can't depend on them missing the fake field goal or the field goal or golf throwing an interception. That game is a different game. It's very close. This this would be an amazing NFC Championship game. Amazing. Mm. Be through the roof. Can I hold your crystal ball? Yeah. I just want to see it. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Steelers-Ravens was the other game I had you watch. Yeah. And I know you did some Chargers-Seahawks, too. I did. John Harbaugh. Yeah. The Ravens are now 4-5. and five. It's hot as hell in here today. Well, it's because the hot seat that John Harbaugh is on. Is he right to be on the hot seat? Do you believe that John Harbaugh should be discussed being fired right now? No. That's insane. It's absolutely insane. I mean, if I told you that in a three-week span, you lost to the Saints on an extra point, yep. you went to Carolina and got beat pretty yep. good, yep. and then played at home and lost to the Steelers and lost by a touchdown. I mean, Saints, Panthers, Steelers, and they're going into the bye. Right. This is, they're, to me, a lot like Jacksonville, where I would go, I'm buying stock in the Ravens going forward. I'm not giving up on them. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, Cincinnati at the sixth spot, they've really got this thing on lock. No. What What would make you think that the Saint Cincinnati Bengals got anything on lock? Okay, with that defense, the way they've been playing, and, of course, their history on the offensive side of the ball, and A.J. Green maybe having to get foot surgery. I also feel like people never pay attention to injuries, especially when their injuries on the offensive line. Yeah. They played this game on Sunday without their two starting tackles. I know. Ronnie Stanley and James Hurst did not play in the game, right. but and that's but we don't talk about uh, it. Why? That's that's too factual. We'd rather just talk about Harbaugh being on the hot seat. That's 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 more fun to talk about. You know, let alone like Alex Lewis just getting back in the lineup, not totally himself. I think that's where I'd start with that game. Okay, let's start there. When um uh, my big concern with the Baltimore Ravens is that if they can't bully you up front. I don't know if they can win football games. And they've played four teams in a row that go, yeah, screw you. You can't bully us. Carolina, New Orleans, Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh. Right. Right. It's just I I look at those and go, bam, okay. I really thought the Ravens were going to have the big year, but this seems like another 7-9, team. Just not enough playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Like the secondary's good and it's better. But there's just no Other pass rusher. Mosley, who's running around? Exactly right. Terrell Suggs ain't got it like that. Exactly no right. None of them do. So you get to the edge. Which and is, who's the guy that scares you on offense? John Brown? Exactly right. And John Brown's is not as explosive as I think the, the world thinks he is. 
Um, and we know your thoughts on Alex Collins. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, so there's nobody to make things easier for that football team or make a play when it does happen. And, yes, when you just go to Pittsburgh's offense, I mean, Pittsburgh did two things. They said, okay, yep, you're gigantic in the middle. We'll run off the edge a little bit. And if you watch the game, you'll go, damn, James Conner, a lot of his carries were off tackle or something along it's those exactly lines. exactly what Atlanta did to Washington. It, yeah, right. It is. This is exactly it. And then the other thing they did is, okay, you're going to play all these great zone coverages. Well, okay, cool, great zone coverages. You know, we can protect against your group here. So we'll protect. And at some point, there will be a hole over the middle, and it'll and be Juju, Juju over the middle or yes. tight end over the middle. And that's what they did to them. I mean, with an occasional outside throw here or there. But that was really the way the game kind of fell for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game was in Baltimore, right? It was in Baltimore. So Baltimore goes to Pittsburgh and beats the crap out of them. Yeah. And then Pittsburgh goes to Baltimore and beats them there. Yep. I might as well have been six years ago that last time they played. Isn't that wild? I know, because Pittsburgh's changed. Pittsburgh. How have they changed? Well, their defensive side of the ball. Hey, guys like Cody Sensabaugh starting a corner is doing a really good job. Joe Hayden's back healthy. The rookie, uh, Tremaine. Which one is he? uh, This is uh, Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds. Edmonds. No, Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds. But people are really excited about Hilton. They should be. Hilton's a player. Mike Hilton. They have a true nickel guy who can run around the field and not only cover the slot receivers, but he can make a difference in the in the run game. He's not afraid to tackle there. Sean Sean Davis is good. But the big thing is this. Their big fuckers in front are starting to whoop ass. Tuit and Hayward. They're starting to whoop. They whooped the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. I saw yesterday. Tuit just chasing down Flacco a few times. They whooped the Baltimore Ravens. And Dupree had a nice, did a nice job uh, going around, uh, you know, Elamanure or whatever, the other guy that started for Ronnie Stanley. Yes. Um, and, and really, that's where the game was won. And then added to the fact that, yeah, there's not enough of a creative system in Baltimore in the pass game. And then like you talked about, there's no weapons that scare you in the run game or the pass game, really. And all those things lead to a Pittsburgh advantage. Yeah. And like the one touchdown that Baltimore had was really set up by that play of that pass interference in the end zone. It it was incredible. It's like, Oh, they need a play. Oh, there's Jesse James for 40 yards. Oh, they need a play. Oh, there's Juju on third and eight, barely stretching out and getting the first down. The huge one I thought was third and five with four minutes left and they hit Antonio Brown. Oh, right. And that was like the backbreaker. Like, yes. They were able to waste four to five minutes at right. the end of the game to milk the clock. Right. I saw one clip of Orlando Brown destroying TJ Watt. Orlando did good. I mean, he doesn't. He was certainly not the weakness of that football game by any stretch of the imagination. But to me, Pittsburgh won the game yeah. 20 to 13. Right. And Big Ben died. <laughs> Big Ben runs out on a play that's not even going to matter because a defensive flag came out and I guess he landed on the ball and all the wind got taken out of him. But the announcers, myself, I didn't have anyone with me in the office and I'm going, Big Ben is dead! Big Ben is dead! And instead, Josh Dobbs comes in and from his own end zone throws a 20-yard piss missile to Juju in a cluster of three Ravens. Okay, go ahead now. Give him credit. Give him credit. Who, Josh Dobbs? Nope. Uh, Mike Tomlin? Yep, go ahead. It's time. Because you, we, everyone... You do it. I mean, we all want to crap on Mike Tomlin when, oh, it's a, it's a circus in Pittsburgh. 
They, it's, it's, they're a mess. It's a bunch of renegades. Mike Tomlin's got no control. It doesn't know how to coach a football team. And you know but what's nobody, really funny? Yeah. You know when that happened? Yeah. After the last time they played Baltimore. You're right. They played Baltimore five weeks ago, scored 14 points. Antonio Brown and Big Ben are having a fight. Yep. Le'Veon's laughing from the strip club. Juju doesn't even know what's going on. The defense is a mess. And that was when everyone went on TV and said, Mike Tomlin doesn't have it. So again, like beat Atlanta, beat the Bengals, beat the Browns, beat the Ravens four in a row. And no one is out here going, I'm sorry, Mike Tomlin. Come on. I mean, that's what's wrong with our world right now. It's, it's, it's truly what's wrong with our country. Like, come on. The guy is an unbelievable people skills leader. He knows how to manage all these, you know, for lack of a better phrase, crazy personalities that he's got. He's got a diva quarterback. He's got a running back that wants to be paid his worth. He's got a, co- a receiver who's only worried about Instagram. He's got Juju who's young and just having fun and doesn't he's give a damn. He's obsessed with Instagram. Right. And they're all super famous. Right. I mean, it's not like this is the easiest job in the world. And then here they are back in the cream of the crop of the AFC, the you big have, bad you Steelers. Have, you have Hall of Fame quarterbacks that call you out in the media all the time that exactly. used to play for that franchise, right. Terry Bradshaw. Yes, right. So, and you play, you coach an organization where people say things like, that's not the Steeler way, right. which is like a bullshit statement. It doesn't even mean anything. Yeah. It's like Giants fans. <laughs> Last three years. That's not the way of a New York Giant. Well, what is the way of a New York Giant? <laughs> Fucking flame it out in the third week? You bums. That was just for me. So that, I was, just, that was for me. We just need but you're to so you want to give credit to Mike Tomlin? We got to. We got to. We got to give it. I mean, if, we, if we're going to self-scout, we got to self-scout everybody. And people were too critical of him. And plays like that to dot, like, dot, dot, that endears you to the locker room right there. Which plays? The, the Dobbs. Oh, Coach gives the green light for the OC to call a play with the backup quarterback backed up in his own end zone in a huge situation to change the field position for the football game. That was that was enormous. Have you ever been brought in in a one-play situation as a backup? Uh, no, not at a one-play. I know no. your brother has. I remember when he had to come in against Kansas City. Yeah, you're right. That's got to be crazy. It's crazy coming in. The first time I ever got in a game like that in general was against Nick Saban and the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> I was like, damn. I got to throw in here with Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor, and I'm cold as hell and haven't done anything. I threw an out route complete 20 yards. 20 yards? Yeah, something like that. No, you're like Josh Dobbs. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I thought Big Ben died, though. I'm glad he's okay. (laughs) Yes. What advice? So, Uh, what, what? Say it. Like, yeah, we, we should have. He's a, so unathletic. He's such a diva. And <laughs> with those kind of plays, you know, my pet peeve of those. Like, if we have to go to commercial break because you're dying on the field and then you you're in one play later, yeah, you got to sit out. You, you you wasted all our time because the wind knock got knocked out of you. Come on, man. That's crazy. Uh, Le'Veon Bell apparently tweeted today, farewell Miami. Mm. And what I really liked is instead of F-A-R-E-W-E-L-L, he went F-A-I-R, like you're going to the state fair. fair. Farewell Miami, which people are reading into it and going, whoa, maybe Le'Veon's coming back to the Steelers this week. Yeah. What advice would you have for Le'Veon Bell? Come back. Let's go. Just be a good soldier. Get your six weeks in. Right. Make it a full year on your contract. Make your money. Get yourself in shape. And do you think he's in shape right now? I do think he is. I do think he's in shape. Yeah. I just don't know what shape. Yeah. Well, he's not in running back shape for the NFL. I know that. That that I can tell you. But come back. Be a good soldier. 
and be humble. He'll have a discussion with his own line and those guys. Well, this is my question. Me yeah. and Josh were talking about this earlier. Does Tomlin go to Le'Veon? And is it like when we watch on Hard Knocks and a rookie gets in front of the team and he's got to sing and stuff? Not singing. But does he go, what do you want to say to the team? Is he given that right? And is that a right? That's a great question. And he will be given that right. He so will. he'll walk in and he'll probably meet with Tomlin. Right. A Wednesday morning when they know the whole team's going to be there. I would imagine somebody like Le'Veon Bell or Mike Tomlin's going to go, hey, I think you should say something to the team. Just say something, you know. Do you think Le'Veon would go to Tomlin and say, I'd want to say something to I the do, team? I do, as just the, the times I've been. I am a Le'Veon Bell fan as a person. You know that. Being okay. around him, he is a, he's got a great way about him. He's a friendly guy, fun-loving. Nice, nice, niceness in his eyes. It, it yes. shines through. You're all about the eyes. Uh, it, it shines if through. If you know Sims, <laughs> if he, he, there have been a few people where he's come to me and I go, Lefko, there's something in his eye. There's and I go, evil in and I go, you know what? In about six months, this guy's going to do something and Sims is going to be right. <laughs> I have that thing too. I can call it out too. Yeah, yeah. And there's been just, a few people in this office. He'll, he'll have that. He'll have, he'll have that opportunity. What would you say to the team if you were Le'Veon Bell? If I'm Le'Veon Bell. What would Bell, be the, your, the, the synopsis of your speech? I love football. It was killing me not to be here. And I wanted to be here to be a good teammate. Do you apologize? You you apologize for the fact that you weren't here, but you you also make it clear that this is what I felt was right for me as my business and the situation I was in here. So if he stood up and said, I'm sorry that I let you guys down. Yeah. It killed me not to be here. Right. Running back position, we get screwed, and I thought I needed to take a stand. And honestly, I know that you guys, I appreciate you not talking about my money. It was a personal situation. I left you down. James, you were incredible. Yeah. You killed it. Right. And I'm happy to be in the backfield with you. Yeah. And I want to go win a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. You think they'd be excited? I do. I and do. that's all it would take. It's all it's, all it's going to take. The, the, not the next day, someone isn't going to come up to in the locker room and be like, nah. yo, man, I'm still a little bit pissed off. Nah. That's all it's going to take. That's all it's going to take. They understand it. Were, they, were some of the players in the locker room bitter at first? Yeah, because they want to win the Super Bowl. So, But they're being bitter for their own personal benefit. They, they get what's going on. If Le'Veon Bell, we know he won't be ready right away. Yeah. But if he's up to game speed by the playoffs, can you play – James Conner and Le'Veon together, and what would that offense be like with Juju, Antonio Brown, the emerging Vance McDonald? Yeah, I mean, no, they can definitely play together. The greatness that those two have is they have a similar skill set, so the offense doesn't have to change, but then they could throw both of them out there on the field, and you could do... Oh, you have one linebacker that can want the running back? Right. Do you have two? Do you have two, exactly. Or Oh, you have a Landon Roberts. Oh, that's great. Dante, you're stuck on James Conner. Well, that's what I mean. That's the things they'll be able to do to you. Put both of them in the backfield. Oh, here's a fake to James Conner. Here comes Le'Veon Bell the other way. They're going to be able a to do play action run. Right, you sick fuck. That's, they'll be able to do if they're smart. They'd be able to do some Cam Newton, Norv Turner, Carolina Panther stuff. Mm. You know, there goes Le'Veon Bell in the speed sweep. Oh, we didn't give it to him. We gave it to James Conner, and the guards pulling around that way. Oh, ten yards up yours for following Le'Veon. Wow. I mean, those are the things that I would do. And it takes those kind of rosters to beat the Patriots. It does. You got to be multiple, physically better than them, right? And multiple. Yeah. So you think? Do you believe that by the playoffs? Yes. 
This will be a Steelers offense. Yes. And your prediction of Steelers Saints. Steelers ain't out the, out of this yet. No, they're definitely more in than my Packers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, not ready to. I'm ready to. Yeah, I'm not ready to anoint them better than the Chiefs or the Patriots at this point. No, mm. but they're still going to be dangerous. You pleasantly surprised me, and you were able to watch Chargers Seahawks. Right. Which side of the ball did you watch? I watched both. Wow. I got after it. All right, so I watched that game very intently. Yeah. I had a, a good amount of bleacher bucks on the Seahawks, which I immediately regretted Like at, as soon as I turned the game on. Uh, it didn't help that I'm watching the game, and like in the second quarter, the reason I bet on them, Chris Carson goes out. Oh, Chris Carson was having success. He was. He was running on the Chargers. Yep. The Phillip Rivers offense with that multitude of weapons. Yeah. A few things I want to say. Yeah, say it. Mike Williams was 100% out on that 30-yard touchdown play. His foot was on the line. Like, I could not believe. <laughs> That's your bleacher bucks talking. Was he not out? I, I would say, yes, he was out. I would. But, but you're I, saying they would have probably scored anyway. I, I'm saying I don't know if we can conclusively sit there and say he was out. I don't think I you saw can. White, and I saw his foot on it. <laughs> Melvin Gordon is a monster. Yeah. It, it was a guy like the Seahawks didn't even know what they were getting themselves into. Yeah. And Austin Eckler is such a good change of pace back for him mm -hmm. because he's a, he's a half a step faster than Gordon in the hole. And he's just slippery enough to break the tackles. Right. Keenan Allen had his best game of the year. Keenan Allen made so many guys miss just on running routes. Yeah, it was he, incredible. He's amazing at that. He really is. Yep. And then on the Seahawks offense, I just fucking hated their offense like for three quarters of that game. Yeah. No, they, they didn't really get to stay patient with their run game once they got behind, so you didn't get to see that. And yeah, that that to me would be that really these teams, you know, in a nutshell are mirror images of each other, really. They're the same team, except that the schematics in the pass game for the Chargers are greater than the schematics of the, what the Seahawks have. The Seahawks, a little bit like... You know, hey, they, I like their run game and some of the things they're doing. But when it comes to passing, it's a little bit like Aaron Rodgers. It's just, man, Russell, drop back and throw missiles or run around until somebody gets open. The problem is between those two teams right. is that when Russell drops back, that's when Ingram starts getting the sacks. That's when Rochelle is in the backfield. And I'm seeing Russell Wilson with like a pool of blood dripping right. down his elbow right. where Phillip Rivers goes, oh, you mean I can go five wide? Because I have all of those horses. All those horses. And I think that the. And their offensive line's a lot better. That's where we They have a go. pouncy at center. They've been building this offensive line for two to three years, but everyone's been hurt. No, they. I think that was the difference in the game, is right there. When I just watched, you know, when you watch, I just go, uh, the, the Seahawks were in a predicament as far as defending their team. They could not get pressure with four people on Phillip Rivers. They couldn't get no. close to him. No. It was a stonewall session by the Chargers, O-line and pass protection. Then it became, oh, well, maybe we'll rush five or six, but the problem was then, damn, we can't cover everybody else no. down the field. So that became a huge issue for the game. Yeah, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, when you watch the Chargers offense, it's like they like to spread you out, and you're like, I think we're figuring out their pass offense. And then Melvin Gordon is like a Clydesdale for 35 yards yes. and then you're, you're out of luck. You're out of luck. But Russell Wilson, I felt like he was running for his life for most of that game. He, well, he was, especially, especially that end. last quarter. I mean, that's all it was. It was just him making plays. You know, the, you know, the Chargers O-line is real. The Chargers O-line is one of those O-lines that 
you know, I don't know which one I could say they're better at, zone or, or pulling guard blocking like that, zone or man blocking. They do both really well. And I think that's a, another huge thing for them. Um, but uh, the other big thing I thought in the football game was the Seahawks are the kings of the field position game. And the Seahawks. Especially with Dixon. Yes. And they backed up chargers a few times but the Inside chargers the changed the field position yes, they did. to not give russell wilson and that offense the chance to throw one big play for a touchdown because that's kind of both of these teams are big play teams it's not about like sustained drives for either one. It's like it's a gain of fifty, and we're inside the fifteen, and let's see if we can make a play again to score a touchdown. That's kind of the way they play, and I thought that was a huge thing. Um, you know, the Chargers D, the Chargers D. Yeah, like to your point. Yeah, second, third quarter. Right. Two two twenty six left in the third quarter. Yeah. Michael Dixon punts it out, and by itself, it bounces out on the five, right. which is incredible. Right. Second and ten. Melvin Gordon 20-yard run. Yeah. They're out of it completely different. It's the Chargers different. have like four or five guys that can flip field position just by touching the ball. No doubt. Mike Williams is going to out-jump you. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen's going to cut you up. Right. Tyrell Williams can outrun you. Right. Travis Benjamin can outrun you. Right. And Melvin Gordon can outrun you, jump over you, run through you. Exactly right. They, they, they have so many guys that instantly change the field. And that's why they're a Super Bowl contender. That's why they are. They are a Super Bowl contender because of that. And, you know, the thing they're doing on defense – you know, the only thing I'll say about the, the Chargers, and we've been saying this for a little bit for a few years, and, and I know Joey Bosa will be back, and he's their That's best defensive so player. That would be amazing when he does get back. But I do question whether they have enough big people still. That'll be so big, I though. do. And, you know, I worry about them in a game like against the Patriots, where I worry about them where, you know, they want to only play one linebacker. They want to play three safeties and one linebacker. That's how the Chargers want to play. And their three safeties are... Phillips, Derwin James, and, a, you know, a Dye, uh, yes. 30, 37, yes. right? And I love that. You they, know how I like the three safety look. They're great. And it really makes things like in the past game... I'd like to get rid of the closed. linebacker altogether and just find four safeties. But Derwin James is bigger than most linebackers. But he is in some cases. But those linebackers come in handy like three or four games a year. When you have to play a sledgehammer team, if you have to play the Saints and they're running at you, and all of a sudden you go, damn, Andrews Pete's getting to our second level, and I think he swallowed our third safety, <laughs> and he's not here anymore. That's the thing I would worry about with them more okay. than anything. Lugit was phenomenal. Legit, yeah. Legit, sorry. It was, it was his best game back so far. Um, but I think that just they just need one other big guy there. That's the only thing that scares me as, as a whole for if their Chris defense. If Chris Carson didn't get hurt. Yes. Would that have been a different game? Because you talk about the sledgehammer. I felt like they lost their sledgehammer. Uh, I like Mike Davis, but he's not Chris Carson. No, he's not. Chris Carson is one of the best after contact. He's another guy that's built like Latavius Murray. He is. They're just they're Greek gods where they're just they're chiseled and cut out of granite. Um yeah, I, I do think it gives them the confidence maybe to be a hair more patient with it when they have him back there. That roughing the passer, by the way, with yeah. less than two minutes left was such bullshit yeah. on Russell Wilson. Yeah. There is, there is a number, I thought, of bullshit calls. This is the other thing, too, that people have to realize in the NFL. That's a rule that's being misconstrued when people are watching. Oh, the DB has to turn and play the ball. No, he doesn't. Yeah, face guarding is not a rule Facing anymore. Guard, face guarding is legal in the NFL. Now, if he hits the guy, of course, that's pass interference. But if he has his hand in front of the receiver's face and is not looking to play the ball, that is legal in the NFL. I think that gets overlooked a lot of times. And I feel like it's called at times because the referee even forgets it. Right. Um, well, I would say that 
just looking at how I yeah. feel like most defensive back coaches in the NFL right now are not even trying to get guys to try and intercept the ball. Yes. It's more of attack the hands. Yes. Like whenever I watch NFL games right now, it's attack the hands. It's almost let them catch it and then punch. That, right? Like that's what it feels like it when is. I watch the NFL game. It is. Game right it's now. the new way. I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. it and I, can I speak think to Tony Dungeon. I think the turn is when you lose a guy. You lose a guy, you lose sight of the ball, right. and now you're just guessing. You're trying to play his eyes and his hands for when he's about to catch it. Yeah. And if, if I was put, a wide receiver, I'd be running, and i just keep flaring my eyes. Or you fly your eyes, <laughs> or you put your hands up for half a second, the guy rakes him, and the ball's not there. Yeah. I mean, those are tricks that, that receivers really will do. But that Charger defense is fast. Uh, I thought for the most part, other than those last two drives, did a very good job of keeping Russell Wilson in the pocket. There was definitely a conscious effort there not to go crazy. Our man Uchena Nwosu, uh out of USC, he popped a bunch of times on film. And the pick six was really the biggest play of the game. He just he got fooled by Desmond King. Desmond King, is it's cover three, press bail. And he's just going out there to get underneath anything on the outside route. He kind of rode with the slot guy just for a second to where I think Russell goes, oh, he's going with the slot guy. And then he went out, and the ball just hit him right in the face. Desmond King is a guy that will make one big mistake every game, but he can also win you the game. He can make some big plays. He he plays the game like he's a returner, which he is. He's like, I'm going to take this one to the house. Right. yeah. So and, you left the game feeling confident about both, more confident about the Chargers? Yeah, more confident about the Chargers, but yeah, I'm not giving up on the Seahawks either. You know, the Seahawks are that team that I look like look at in the NFC right now, and the NFC is damn good. I mean, gosh, damn, it's It's unreal. also a jumbled mess. It is like a the jumbled north mess. The is a jumbled mess, and the south is all over the place, and the east ain't that great. I just look at you guys in Philadelphia as the only two teams on the outside Eagles looking in. Eagles and Seahawks? Yes, the only two teams on the outside looking and in. And they're the I two go. teams with the experience that they might be able to put it together. They might be able to, right. Um, let me just get to a few of my Lefko nuggets. Yeah. Washington went from two-game lead in the NFC East to, I think they're done. I think so, too. Trent Williams is expected to miss a month. Sean Laval, Brandon Scherf um, are out for the year. And uh, Morgan Moses guy. Paul Richardson. Oh, yeah. But I bet that game, and I'm going, so the advantage that I bet on was this great offensive line that's pushed people for a month, and they're all going to be out by the middle of the second quarter Okay. It's like a repeat of last year. And then I'm sitting there. Like, I'm watching that game heavy because it was the one bet that I was like, I don't know about this one. I don't know if I should have made it. Did you make it a lock? Yes. You did. They had 10 penalties for 147 yards. Dude, I'm telling you, if I was a Washington fan and I'm watching that game, every big Adrian Peterson run, every big Alex Smith pass brought back by penalty. Yeah. Every time they stopped the Falcons... Penalty on third down. 10 for 147. I don't know if the Patriots have had 10 for 147 all year. I don't know if they the have. The penalties either. were so bad that I'm by myself at Bleach Report going, man, the refs must have got paid. Did like, they, that's they, when you know your bets are going I, I just bet. felt like when I was looking over, it was always holding on the old line or anything like that. Was it? Or After was it more monster that? plays. Yeah, yeah, plays like that, yeah. illegal hands, illegal hands, all that stuff. Yeah. The other thing, I'm going, oh, man, they're not going to be able to run on Washington. And I, I wrote down on my notes, Lefko, you idiot. Tevin Coleman, I laugh. All they do is run him to the outside. Guess where they're not running it? Right until the Alabama big boys. Yeah. Tevin Coleman averaged 6.8 yards per carry. It killed me. Yeah. Jets, Dolphins. Yeah. Nine of Miami's 11 drives ended in punts. Gosh. And they won that game. That game was ugly. 
have there been any team that has pulled more wins out of their ass than the Miami Dolphins? Yeah. A Tennessee seven-hour, the Jets game the first time, they were not the better team on the field. The Jets game this time, they had two drives that didn't end in punts. Uh, Oakland was, they, they were down like double digits in that one. Chicago was the ga- was the yeah. pulling the rabbit out of their that head game the of the one. year. They have five wins right now. It's incredible. Incredible. And there's one of their best safeties that they paid a lot of money to, Rashad Jones, what, he pulled himself out of the game because he didn't want to platoon with Minka Fitzpatrick. Jeez. And they win the game. Wow. Yeah, because Rashad blew some coverages against the Texans the week before. So, of course, he had a platoon. I mean, also, also, why is Frank Gore getting like double the carries of Kenyon Drake? I don't know. They trust him. I don't know. It's, it's as a Kenyon Drake fantasy owner, I just want to say, dumb coach stuff. After you watched them score against the Texans, right. How is Kenyon Drake not playing every game? I don't every know snap. I don't know. I either. thought we would have learned this yeah. by now. The Dolphins, though, at the very least, the one thing I've noticed the last two years, okay, they beat the teams you're supposed to beat. They might mm. not never beat anybody else. But they beat the teams. You go, hmm, it's a close matchup here. They always seem to win that football game. All I know is I had them winning seven games in, in Atlantic City, and I'm two games away from cashing that ticket. Mm-hmm. The other one that I'm super excited about cashing, the Buffalo Bills mm. under five wins. Boy, is that looking good. Um, Lions-Vikings. Matt Stafford was sacked ten times, yeah. and his team scored nine points. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. Everson Griffin, a sack and a half. Tom Johnson, two and a half sacks. And I struggled before the year. Am I going to pick Yannick Ngakwe? Am I going to pick Daniil Hunter? I picked Yannick Ngakwe. Daniil Hunter, three and a half sacks. You were a year too early. Now he's leading the NFL in sacks. And had a touchdown. On an awful decision by Matt Stafford. Rough Matt Stafford game. But Taylor Decker was pulled out with an injury in that one. Uh, but that was surprising. I mean, the, the the pressure was great, but I also it looked like just on TV the Lions were moving the ball the entire first half. M- moved it, but just could never every find time the they big got play to, yes. to get open or he every time they got it. to the red zone, yeah. sack right, settle for a right. field goal. Yeah, I but was they, shocked because the line offensive line has been a positive for that team. They got whooped. Lions and Seahawks, I think, were my two. What the hell happened? Yeah. And Washington, but injuries. Uh, Bucks, Panthers. Mm. The one thing that I wrote down this game, and I obviously I have tons of notes about this game and how it was a complete shit show and McCaffrey is amazing. And then what exactly how I – that's the reason I didn't bet a lot of money on that game is here come the Bucks. Right. But the one thing I wrote down is it's time to talk about Dante Jackson. Hmm. He had an interception at a crucial time in that game. You loved him coming out of LSU. Great show. I think that you'll study him maybe a little bit more, but Curtis Samuel popped and Dante Jackson popped. Yep. They've got athletes, man. They've got athletes. That's right. The, the fact, the Dante Jackson factor for their defense has allowed them to play some spotty man to man for the first time in a while, where they can trust two guys and Bradbury and him. And situations where they mostly want to play zone, but they can go. We, you know, it's third and seven. We're going to change it up here and let them lock people down. And Dante Jackson's, he's like glue. He he was he was arguably he was in the conversation for best pure man to man cover corner in the draft. He was in that combo with Denzel, Jair Alexander, and Mike Hughes for my money. Dante Jackson tied for the league lead in the NFL with four interceptions. Yeah. 
The only guy that we haven't seen that you really liked is DJ Chark. No, I know. Yeah, he's had a few catches here and there for Jacksonville, but not quite to the uh, the deep explosive type yet. All right, let's uh, let's get to just a social question. This is a social thing. This is from Jayo that sent us to us. Jayo Sperry J. The, apparently on Reddit they started a new stat, and mm-hmm. I love it. And it's called the Dawson. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes pulled off the stat this year. It's when you throw more touchdowns than incompletions. And it's named after Len Dawson because I believe he used to do it a lot. I love that stat. I'd like to bring it into our podcast. Sure. That if someone does the Dawson... It's one of the best things you what can number do. To, only, we'll bring it in only if you can tell me what number Len Dawson was when he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. If not, we don't bring it in. Uh, what's it going to be? Give me one clue. Is it single digit or double digit? It's double digit. Okay. And an, and an all-time great has worn this number, and it's not 12. I'll tell you that okay, much. Okay, okay. I think that it is 18. <sighs> 19? No. 17? No. 16? Yeah. So Montana. Joe Montana, yeah. 16. 16. Well, Len Dawson was on the Chiefs. Chiefs. And then did Joe Montana wear 16 when he went to the Chiefs? No, he wore 19 when he went to the Chiefs. He See, wore that's 16, why I got but... confused. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> so he changed it to 19 because of Len Dawson. I think so. It was what retired. do you know about Len Dawson? Because I obviously don't know too much. And uh, you are the football historian. No, Len Dawson, and one of those quarterbacks in the late 60s, early 70s that was ahead of his time. They were truly throwing. I mean, he, I, if I remember correctly, maybe we have to pull out his Is his he the stats. one that was matriculating the ball down that the field? That was him, exactly right. I mean, he used to smoke cigarettes in the locker room. They got pictures of him doing that, oh, that you know, at halftime, so right? Um, I know that cigarettes kill you, and if right. you smoke, you're dumb. Right. But I'm still, if I see people smoking, I think they're cool. I and I know, I and too. I shouldn't. Right. Like, I'm going to teach when I have children, I'm be like, you see that guy? He's stupid. <laughs> but like, in my heart, I'm going to be like... Look at him blowing out that smoke. It's so cool. It looks cool. Yeah, but there. like Len Dawson drinking a beer at halftime and smoking a cigarette at the Super Bowl, you're like, what the I know. He had some years. I, I want to say, I mean, he had a few years there where it was like 32, 34 touchdown passes, which, come on, back in those days, are you looking it up right now? Are you playing no, it? No, 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 no. But when you, yeah, when you, back in those days, that was like throwing for 55 touchdown passes. I mean, that's, damn. That's, Do you know what Len Dawson's nickname was? What was it? Lenny the Cool. Oh, that's because he's doing smoking those cool smokes, man. He's born, those born, cool in, smokes. born in Alliance, Ohio, with the same birthday of three of my exes. So here you go, just real quick. It's 62. He had 29 touchdowns, 26 touchdown passes, 30 touchdown passes, wow. 21 touchdown passes, 26, 24. In that day and age, that's pretty special. That's Alex Smith's career. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're going to end on a socially conscious note. Okay. Uh, if you're listening to this, it's Tuesday. I really hope you guys are voting in the midterms. That's right. If if they're providing any information, read it, learn about it. I have a packet at home that I'm going to read tonight yep. about all of the different votes I can do and all the different candidates and kind of learning all that stuff. But I'm going to be voting tomorrow. Yeah. I hope you're voting tomorrow. I, I'm going to try. I don't know. I got work. Well, you're, we're going to leave here, and you're going to do that. Yeah, I hope we will get out of here at a good time. I hope so, too. Yes. All right, I thought you were going to read some notes on how you can beat me in bets ever again. I, please <laughs> yeah. take, your, take your ball back. Give me my ball. How dare thy. All right. Four sims. Peace out, homies. Fedrick would say, Good evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E Man. says, have more lucks in your bets than me. And I hope the Cowboys win tonight. See you guys. <laughs> See you.